Hello, welcome to this podcast edition of Review This Mother. On today's episode, we talk about conspiracy theories, Satan worship, Charles Manson, all the good stuff, and welcome an exceptionally special guest, Will. Thanks for the kind words, Taylor. Review this, mother. I, th- I think love would be would be worse as a pandemic than Corona. Than Corona. Yeah. How would love as a pandemic work? You just I get mean, it on the tube or a horse race. I just love everyone. I can't do it anymore. Love has related in some of the greatest tragedies of our time, Tom. Sure. Could you give some examples? Uh, sure. The death. You can't, can you? <laughs> the death of Christ. That was love, was it? Yeah, Pontius Pilate loved crucified. Not Pontius. <laughs> I've only seen it written down. Not <laughs> just Pilate. Loved crucifying too much. Uh-huh. I have a feeling, Will, that you haven't read the Bible or indeed seen Jesus Christ Superstar. Both are sufficient to understand contemporary theology. But Pontius Pilate, and that was his name, he didn't love crucifying. He washed his hands of it. Oh, he no. said no. Yeah. Then how did the crucifixion come to be? Oh, I don't bloody know. There was a trial... You know, the people were calling for him to be crucified, and he was like, well, if that's what the people want, I extract myself from this decision. The people want him dead. I will, therefore, you know, let him be crucified. On your own head, be it, he said. Oh, that's very nice. Well, it's not very nice. Yeah, that's very nice. It's not. No, it's not, Will. You're but I want a charming leader. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> giving it to the will of the people. Exactly, yeah. It's a sort of a referendum coming through. Well, you know, I don't support it, but it's what the people want. Can you imagine that happening now? We couldn't crucify anyone for a popular mandate in 2020. Um, Speaking yeah, of no. Jesus, Tom, uh, Kanye West, he's spoken about the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Oh, yes. And he said that it's better than the recent sequels. Well, that, I mean, I, I consider that to be true. And so I'm thrilled to be building back bridges with Kanye. It's nice to be back on the same page. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, Did you see the thing? It was Kim's birthday on the private island with her inner circle. And Kanye surprised her with a special birthday gift, which was a hologram of her late father, Robert Kardashian saying that basically he's watching over her from heaven and her sisters and that sort of thing. And the hologram, what what I'll say is we have a long way to go with hologram technology. He looks like a character from a cutscene of a video game in like 2005, like a sort of Harry Potter video game cutscene where it's like, Harry, you need to go over there to pick up a Horcrux. If someone showed me that, kind of hologram of a late relative, I think I would be more depressed and more reminded of the fact that they were dead than delighted. Do you think that immediately after TL, so, like, so is that just one of the small gifts? <laughs> like, no, well, this, is just, this is just a little thing. I'm still getting a big <laughs> present though. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that, but if, if resurrection is a gift, Brief temporary resurrection via hologram is a gift that one can give. You know, 
it puts a lot of pressure on the other gifts. That's why I keep my spending to like a 10, 20 pound minimum, just so you don't, there's no kind of bump a year that you have to compete with from then on. The worst person in about 50 years will be the person in a secret Santa who gets, who like resurrects someone's dead mum and the other person (laughs) gives them like a sweater. Or like a workout into all bar one. It's like, ah, a novelty penis hat. Who get, who did this? Ah, a tiny little basketball and a little hoop, you know. And then, oh my God, Uncle Charlie, who died 50 years ago, standing before us all, telling me he loves me still. Which one of you plonkers got me that? <laughs> Uncle Charlie, where are my whores at? <laughs> I hear my niece is getting married. Who knew we could tie this slag down, eh? <laughs> Do you think yeah. Kanye first saw the Princess Leia hologram and thought... Oh, that's true. Yes. One day... One day I will give that to my wife. One day I'll be married and I will startle my wife with a hologram of her dead father on a private island. And she will love me. What could top the experience of being on a private island, being visited by a ghost? Maybe that's why Prince Andrew was always going to Epstein's Island because, you know, there would be a special hologram ghost room. And he could be visited by monarchs. For a seance. (laughs) (laughs) Why did you visit the island? I thought I was going to see Albert. (laughs) I kept on seeing young Young women (laughs) in a a horrible twist of fate. (laughs) Will Diana be in the next room? Another girl. (laughs) (laughs) Jeffrey. Um, we, we all remember Jeffrey the, false pretenses Epstein. Um, we remember the great, the great success of Hamlet Island Adventure, where he tried to oh god that's escape to the Caribbean, <laughs> but was still followed by the the ghost of his deceased father. I mean, they're going to be far more Hamlets now, aren't they? Because they're just programming people for revenge. Because presumably, Kanye wrote the script of the hologram yes. and then if the hologram went off book <laughs> Rob Kardashian was like, avenge me avenge Kim me. he did it OJ <laughs> did it OJ did it <laughs> don't let my death be in vain don't let Kanye switch me off <laughs> I'm alive I'm not actually a hologram at all I'm just blue <laughs> Don't believe his lies. Yeah, such fun. What a fun gift. (laughs) What a fun gift. It wouldn't be on my list, I have to say. If it's between that and a DVD of Breaking Bad, you know what I'd prefer? (laughs) What an addictive series. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to QAnon. Well, it's about time, isn't it? Speaking of Breaking Bad and his fandom. (laughs) You think fat binge watches of Breaking Bad couldn't find a new box set, so instead settled into a sort of mass theory. global conspiracy. It's the new Up Next on Netflix. <laughs> if you don't change in five seconds, you have to get embroiled in a conspiracy theory. Well, what, what have you got to say about QAnon, Will? 
for those in our audience who don't know QAnon is. Sure. So it's a, it's a far-right, Trump-supporting conspiracy theory, mm. conspiracy group. I think the world is being run by a Satan-worshipping cabal of paedophiles. Of paedophiles, yeah. Um, and they meet at the YMCA on Tuesdays. <laughs> and I don't understand why they think paedophiles are so organised. Well, I mean, that's... I mean, they, they don't even have the patience to wait for children to grow up. I don't think they're forming groups in their spare time. You make a very strong point there, Will. And I think that that will probably help to de-radicalise people. The thing I like about QAnon, I mean, I like is the wrong word. Admire. Not, again, definitely not admire. It's the fact that they believe that John F. Kennedy Jr., who died in a plane crash in the 90s, is not only is basically that he faked his death and that he's now going to appear at a Trump rally and declare his support for Donald Trump. And this is quite a sort of, it's a thing that's been running for quite a while. And people still <laughs> believe it now. And I'm sort of wondering, at what point, if there is this thing of John Kennedy Jr. is, you know, still alive and he's backing Trump and he's going to appear soon and reveal himself and say, this is all I know. Why in the run-up to the re-election has he not done that? You know, if they've got this sort of, I mean, pun intended, this Trump card, which is the real alive son of John F. Kennedy, ready to expose everyone. Why are they like, you know what? Not, not at this rally. We'll... I mean, it's, it's, a, not... it's, a, real, it's a real Hail Mary, isn't it? <laughs> the, in, the, in the dying stages, the Trump's just going to go, and... JFK Jr. Here he is. The same for day. Well, I mean, given that Steve Bannon and Rudy Giuliani were hunting for the October surprise that would knock Biden's campaign and landed on Hunter Biden and his business dealings in China, you'd think if they had that and JFK Jr., they would say, "No, we'll do, we'll do JFK Jr. We'll do the guy who's been." dead for 20 years and has all of this expose done. I, I don't know how old he was when he died in the 90s, mm. but is there not a decent chance he might have died of old age by now anyway? Or was he quite uh, No, that's a charming thought, Will, but no, he, he was quite... <laughs> <laughs> he was quite young, which is why his death was quite shocking. I see. Um, because, you know, JFK himself could still be alive if he hadn't been shot. That'd be a great twist if JFK Jr. came out of like, he appeared from like a hole in the stage and said, mm. oh, I love Trump. And then JFK appeared from a hole in the stage and said, oh, I love Biden. And they're like, no. <laughs> and then Robert Kennedy appeared and it's like, I'm backing Jill Stein. <laughs> and someone's like, she's not even running this year, Robert. And he is like, okay, and just goes back under the stage again. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, With Satan worship, mm. I think it's, it's one of the stranger religions. It's the only religion that acknowledges the existence of a better God. It's Quite. like watching Bugs Bunny and worshipping <laughs> Elmer Fudd. <laughs> you know he's worse. Yeah, I mean, I suppose in, in terms of Roadrunner, 
Yeah. Is the metaphor that, that so Satan is? Yeah, so yeah, Satan would be Wiley Coyote. Yeah. Keep on trying to where... trick God into silly plots. But that, I have to say, my sympathies when watching Roadrunner lie with Wiley Coyote. I want him to win. So I suppose that means my allegiance is with Satan. Um, and I could reveal that on a light-hearted podcast. When you were reading The Last Temptation of Christ and yes. Satan offered Jesus bread and mm. Jesus said no and then Satan fell off a cliff with a, a big weight, was your immediate reaction sympathy with the devil? I thought, oh, he's, he's faked his own death there um, <laughs> and he'll, he'll be coming back in a later instalment of this. I know yeah. how it works. And uh, there was a news story, uh, I think about a month ago, maybe long, maybe more than that, where a guy put a very public complaint on Guy in America, but a very public complaint on Twitter, because he went to stay in Airbnb, and he complained that there was sort of sexual, uh, little figurines that were kind of highly sexualized, yeah. and sort of just basically weird art that he found uncomfortable, and he thought it might have satanic undercurrents, I'm trying to think the right word. Basically, he shared the pictures and speculated on Twitter that the house might belong to a Satanist. And there was a sort of- the house might belong to Satan. (laughs) If you say the house belongs to Satan, I don't know if that means that you're a Satanist, but it certainly believes, certainly suggests that you believe that Satan could buy property. When I rented this flat from Beelzebub, (laughs) I didn't know what I was getting myself into. But there were lots of very weird trinkets. It's a very good film by Alan Parker. I think it's called Angel Heart or something. It stars Mickey Rourke and Robert De Niro. And Robert De Niro is playing a character called Louis Cipher. And I just kind of thought, if the devil was on Earth, pretending to be a normal man, he probably wouldn't do a sort of like a telling pun on his identity. He'd probably be like, oh, I'm Francois Gauche or something. You'd push away the, so people would be like, Louis Cipher, like Lucifer? No, no, like Louis, like Mr. Cipher, Mr. L, Mr. No, like the family that came across the Mayflower, the Cyphers. (laughs) The famous Cyphers. The famous Cyphers. He gets found out again, he goes back down to hell and crosses off another pun off the blackboard. No! (laughs) No. Too obvious! Comes back next time is Murph. (laughs) Ephistopheles. <laughs> no! Off the mark again! How do they keep on finding me? Um, yeah. Anyway, so, so on the Twitter thing, the guy uploaded pictures of the Airbnb, and it was a quite big thing because people on Twitter were sort of rightly pointing out that in the 80s and 90s, satanic panic was a sort of, it was quite QAnon-esque in and of its day. People suspected, people accused of paedophilia or satan worship and basically the conflation of the two so people say that the last thing we need is you know for the return of satanic panic people to see sort of satan worship when it's not there and then the church of satan replied on twitter to the pictures saying just to say these artworks do not <laughs> do not suggest any act of satan worship happy to clear it up and it was a very mature friendly tweet from the Church of Satan. I wondered at what point they thought 
I mean, they have a verified Twitter account. At what point did they set that up? Hi guys, yes, it's us. It's the Church of Satan here. You know, happy to connect with you all. I quite like the idea though, because, you know, Riverside Radio has a Twitter account and they put up tweets being like, how is it, what's everyone up to this Friday afternoon? And I, you know, I, I like to hope that that's what the Church of Satan are also doing. <laughs> they do like a throwback Thursday of like Brutus being burned <laughs> now. Our face when? Our face when Caligula came down. What? <laughs> just like kind of stuff. People to know that, you know, being a member of the Church of Satan doesn't just mean, you know, like hardcore Satan. You know, there can be people who, you know, worship Satan in the morning and then the afternoon have a barbecue with their family and friends. You know, it, it's not a... It's devil worship Monday through Thursday, but then Friday to Saturday, <laughs> it's your own time. Bring the devil into your own life. Review this, mother! I don't think I've ever listened to a, a Satanist band, obviously excluding the Beatles and Led Zeppelin, who love it, but like a, you know, an explicitly Satanist band. Yeah. I presume they don't do many love songs. Well, then, that's the other thing about Satan worship. He's like, at least with worshipping God, mm. God might like you back. But with Satan worship, it's like a kind of toxic relationship. Yeah. Like you love someone and they, they necessarily hate you. Which seems very sad. I mean, that is the basis for some of the great love songs, of course. Yeah. Like Elvis Costello's Allison. I mean, that could very easily be turned into just Satan. I know this world is killing you. <laughs> I think. But yeah. That's what the Church of Satan, Satan, even. the Church of Satan yes. should put on their Twitter because I think it would really humanize mm. them. If they put out like a congregation singing Alison. <laughs> but to Satan. <laughs> it's like an unrequited Satan love song. I'm imagining a, a pastor making the same, a, a satanic pastor making the a satanic same pastor. Thing. Not, a, a, not like, a sort of, like a devilish carbonara. A, a satanic priest <laughs> beginning a service. Welcome to the Church of Satan. And just be like, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'll just start that again. But yeah, there's a... Sorry, devil. <laughs> Went tits <Sorry>. up again. <laughs> there's nothing shitty about Satan. <laughs> which, of course, is why we're all here today. I was thinking of... Um, <laughs> and that gets me onto my uh, first point. Hating <laughs> mankind. <laughs> Have you seen um, the Louis Theroux documentary from years ago where he basically out amongst Nazis in America and he's with the, the woman with two daughters and she makes them sing yeah. pro-apartheid songs and that kind of thing. There's a bit in it where they're in the car and uh, she's playing a sort of a Nazi rock band and the song begins with them shouting the white cause or something and then it goes yeah. into the song um, and I don't know the band, I've never looked for them on Spotify or anything but I can't imagine being at that gig and you know that being one of the opening numbers and then you get to the bit where the lead singer takes off their their electric guitar and puts on the acoustic guitar and just starts strumming a few chords and says you know this is a song about you know love lost i was on a train and i saw a girl sitting across from me and her name was julia and yes she was white here we go <laughs> On a midnight train. As we all love the whites, but let's slow it down for a moment here. 
I want to talk about the biggest taboo in Nazism. And that's love. love. <laughs> it's my least favourite bit of a gig is when a musician is just, you know, strumming the chords, talking about the next song. You know, it's, it, you can always, you can feel the crowd sort of getting impatient and just going woo at random moments. Yeah. Really mean like, just play bloody song. And maybe that's why people go to Nazi concerts because you just get less chat between the songs because, you know, everything's so polemic in the music anyway. It's, yeah. <laughs> you don't really need to go in between to fill in the gaps. I mean, they're, they're an attentive audience. <laughs> when, when someone's, didn't those two young girls go on to have like a music career when they've been like groomed to be musicians? I think they did. They were. They did a gig, didn't they? They no, they did. They did do a gig, and I think they grew up and left that behind them and went for a sort of more moderate worldview. Although it would be hard to scrub that from the CV. <laughs> it says here he used to be in the music industry. Yeah, don't don't Google it. See, you're yeah. the two founding members of the Reich Girls. Yeah, but. Now we want to get into advertising. <laughs> so, when will this stop following us around? Can... I see you went on a three-year tour with Michael Bublé, exclusively <laughs> neo-Nazi rallies. Yes, but now I just want I to serve I, the community. I don't often leap to Bublé's defence, but I don't know how well he would play at a far-right music concert, a gig, a far-right gig. He's collaborated with Idina Menzel, for heaven's sake, and she would never sully herself with a collaboration with a racist. Yeah. You know? So watch your tongue, Will, before you come for Buble. Review this, mother! What a very special guest we have. I mean, we've been wasting <laughs> our time with the C-listers and the D-listers, and now we have an absolute... B-lister with us, yeah. uh, the star <laughs> of stage and screen. You'll know him best from playing, I don't know, Cunty Paul in Holby. <laughs> it is, it's Will Taylor. Yeah, lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. What an honor <laughs> How are it you, is. Will? Yeah, yeah, I'm great. I'm uh -huh. great. Was, was um, Cunty Paul on the cast sheet? <laughs> he was, yeah. Oh, wow. He was. Could they not have just told you that? as like a directorial bit of advice. Uh, yeah, some t I'm not really one who kind of works with nuance or anything. Just tell me I'm a cunt <laughs> and we'll go with it. If the character isn't there in the name, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll just can't do it. it. No. I won't play it. <laughs> no description, no performance. Well, thanks for, very much for being here, Will, for, you know, spending a bit of, bit of time with us when you're not jet setting around the world. Yeah, yeah. How is lockdown treating you? Uh, yeah, great. <laughs> I decided, so I was never going to do Movember because I can't grow a moustache. So I thought right. it'd be insulting to try and raise money for it. But I just thought I'll try and grow a moustache anyway. <laughs> and two weeks in, this is what we're looking at. So That is, I mean, for the listeners, what we were just shown... <laughs> was not a moustache. Yeah, yeah. Could you um, tell that to the people you'd be raising money for? Yeah, I I'm said sorry, lads, I can't actually. Yeah. yeah, there's no point. So you thought, I'm not going to raise money for charity, but I will, 
<laughs> I will try and go to Yeah, I just imagined having to like update uh, on like the donations page, like how far it had come. I don't know if anyone's told you this before, but I think the people suffering with, uh, <laughs> I believe it's prostate cancer, they don't mind mm. about the moustache. Yeah. No, they're not, they're not in it for that. <laughs> if you gave them £8,000, they wouldn't say, well, where the bloody hell is the moustache? Yeah. Otherwise, this might be We were given useless. this check by a clean-shaven man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there we go. So, recital so, yeah, Tom. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I chose that moment to have a banana, which was a poor moment because we're broadcasting. Um, yeah, so Will joins us after the, the premiere of uh, Recital, the unstoppable radio play that everyone is yeah. uh, talking about. Everyone's talking about it. And so we thought, you know, it's time to just do a little bit of promotion for it just to you know keep the clicks in so will what can you tell us about recital uh, okay so recital <laughs> is written by mr tom hammond mm. and um so the play takes place in a plush luxury uh, apartment in an unidentified uh, unidentified part of the us and what should we say new york well, um, it was supposed to be Washington, but if you want to <laughs> say New York. Yeah, there we go. And Joanna, who is Aaron and Archie's superior, has invited them both to her apartment for, uh -huh. I guess, a job interview. Well, I, I don't guess. It is a job interview for a uh -huh. superior position at this kind of hush-hush consultancy firm, the kind of place where they... Mm. Uh, make things disappear or appear or whatever you want to say <laughs> they're not magicians be clear. <laughs> yeah i'm not doing a great job of this i'm starting to appreciate why VR <laughs> <are> people exist <laughs> <laughs> and they are essentially trying to mold aaron in particular into the kind of person he needs to be to succeed in the role he's going up for it's essentially tom's kind of Marxist dissertation on the <laughs> the horrors and evils of Americanism and <laughs> and the corporate uh, world. Capitalism. But it's funny and it's silly and it's weird and it's quite horrible. A lot of people have been comparing me to Marx. Yeah, and it's like I obviously you know very flattering, but mm -hmm. like you know I I like to think of myself as my own man. It's the beard. Yeah. yeah, well I've been I've been growing. I've been growing a lot of facial hair for Movember yeah. just to, you know, <laughs> just to pick up your slack, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going well. Anyway, so recital <laughs> coming out or as a radio play, and yeah. uh, well, it's an all-star cast, isn't it? Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. We've got yeah, some of the biggest names. <laughs> 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 got my lovely friend Hannah Bristow. Uh huh. Fantastic actor, and the glorious Seb D'Souza. Sebastian. You'll know him from normal people and skins if you were 15 when I was 15. Well, our demographic, our listed demographic, well, according yeah. to the figures, yeah, is it's just is it, you. It's 90, yeah. <laughs> it was 8% female, wasn't it? Well, we've, now I'll tell you something. 
we've moved the boundaries. It's now yeah. 75% men and then 25% women. So, you know, we've, going we're, right winning, we're winning them over. Yeah, and the whores have spoken. <laughs> uh, we're back. Love the women. Yeah. You, the Big up the birds. <laughs> Big up the birds, that's great. <laughs> um, we did a, a, like a stage reading of it. About mm. a, year, a year and a half ago now, was it, Tom? Yes, a year and a half ago. And uh, and I was in it at that point, yeah. of course. I, was, yeah. I played Sebastian D'Souza's role. And then when it came to the recording of the radio play, it was decided that it would be better to get in an actor. I mean, can you imagine? It would be like having Gilgood in yeah. the next room while the recording is going on. Yeah, it's a disgrace. Insulting. Really. It is a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Review this, mother. Oh, hooray. You upgraded the meeting. No, it's a gift, Tom. It's a gift from Zoom. Uh, it's a gift from Zoom. How very kind of them. It's a very passive-aggressive gift as well, because the only option they've given me to click is a button that says, love it. <laughs> so I, I'm unable to be ambivalent about this gift from Zoom. We can't be ambivalent about Zoom. Zoom has has saved our broadcasting careers well you know where would we be we'd be holding up a sort of iphone voice memo recorder to a, a facetime it would be be hopeless we are so deep in the pockets of zoom they own us we now have to give over the rest of this segment for a five minute promotion of zoom um <laughs> has anyone been on microsoft teams recently yeah no <laughs> What's that? What's that bullshit? Yeah. yeah Listening, Gates, you idiot. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to do your Charles Manson material? Manson material. Excellent. <laughs> uh, so, read Charles Manson. So, I, I love Jesus. You know that about me, Tom. I know that about you. I don't know if Will Taylor knows that about you. No, 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 no. Well, Will, I love no, Jesus. No, no. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I don't want to be... Do you like Jesus, Will? Yeah, he's all right, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, he's all right. He's all right, really. That's the Judeo-Christian religion slammed. Uh, <laughs> I love Jesus, love him. The only thing I love more than Jesus are people who pretend to be Jesus. Uh-huh. Like cult leaders that pretend to be Jesus, because I think it's very bold. Mm. It's a bold claim to make. It's just quite nice as like a confidence booster that, you know, sometimes I wake up and I don't even feel like myself. Whereas like Charles Manson wakes up every day and says, yeah, I'm Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, good for me. But do you think he woke up and actually thought he was Christ? He's suggesting he was lying. I'm not. I would never, ever accuse Charles Manson of lying. I just want to make that absolutely clear. I just wonder whether, you know, I mean, you're assuming there that Charles Manson every day woke up and was like, you know what, say what they like about me, but I am Christ. Yeah. And I'm saying there will be some times in which, you know, Charles Manson, I don't know, might have cut himself shaving or something or, you know, stubbed his toe and just been like, you know what, I don't think that would happen to, to Christ. <laughs> It would, it would make a good like, Gillette ad when they're like, sometimes even the greats are off their game. And <laughs> like Charles Manson 
cuts himself shaving and it's like, oh, you know, I don't even feel like Christ today. <laughs> I need a smoother shave. How would that advertise Gillette? What, like, even, even the Messiah has cut his face? <laughs> Unless you use Gillette Lamb of God edition. <laughs> the smoothest shave even since John the Baptist. But my favourite thing uh -huh. about Charles Manson, he had a swastika tattoo on his head, um, mm -hmm. which is a very difficult tattoo to get. So already, you know, he's quite committed because he would have had to go to like three or four different shops. Again, so, that's not really a very Jesus-y thing to do. Well, precisely. Because, you know, it's one thing to think you're Jesus. It's a whole other thing to have a swastika tattooed on your head and then look at the mirror and think, yeah, I could be the king of the Jews. Why not? <laughs> I don't see any reason why that would be undermined. I don't want to make any large sweeping points here, but if you were Christ, you wouldn't have to subscribe to any any other like political slash fascistic movement because you are the head of all movements. You are the son of God. That would be like someone believing they're the Messiah and then becoming a member of the Lib Dems. Like, <laughs> you know, you think, well, you're above that because you're Christ. You don't have to, you know, go to the local meetings. Well, in this day and age of hustling mm. culture, you can't just be good at one thing. You can't just That's be true. Jesus. You have to be Jesus and an active member of the Greens. Yeah. And also yeah. maybe a vegan. Um, and well, I mean, you have some quite strong views about podcasts. You have to, you have to have a lot going on. You know, like Will Taylor here, he's not just an actor. Mm. No, he's a he's a podcast well, I mean, guest extraordinaire. Yeah, <laughs> actor, bartender, podcast guest extraordinaire. How is the well, bartending going? Well, Do you want to promote no, your I'm not doing it, which is lovely. <laughs> But apparently they're extending the eat out to help out to Christmas now, supposedly. They are. Yeah. Well, for, but all the places that are shut. Yeah, yeah. How was that, that a plan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we've got a voucher. Sorry, we're shut. Yeah, but we, we've got a voucher. <laughs> um, Where is your pub? It is. Should we promote by... your <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, quick shout out to the Wheat Sheaf Hotel. Um, <laughs> the Wheat Sheaf Hotel. Yeah, yeah. It's next. No to... way does that exist. You've made yeah, that yeah. up. Yeah, it, It's next to Virginia Water, which was Fangholm Forest in Harry Potter. So there you go. Ooh. And also part of the set for White House Down. Is that the one with like? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> with so um, that's Jamie Foxx, Gerard Butler, and yeah, yeah, yeah. What were they filming there? Yeah, what location yeah. did they need? Well, I just went to work. And then heard loads of explosions, and I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out Gerard Butler and Morgan Freeman, I think Morgan Freeman, were about half a mile away. What? And they were just very annoying. <laughs> just <laughs> blowing up the White House. Well, they they, they <laughs> could just been on like a day out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, don't, they don't always have to be filming. No, you never know with Butler on set. He's he's always what been a method was... actor. He's always running around, the White House has fallen, the White House has fallen. <laughs> He's the other kind of chicken little of disaster films. It's very yeah. exhausting to be around. Yeah, what are you doing in Berkshire? 
<laughs> um, so if you want to get a pint with Gerard Butler and the cast of Recital, you can head up to the Wheat Chief Hotel in Virginia Water. Was it? <laughs> yeah, where's yeah, that? I've never heard of Virginia Water. It's next Not to Ascot. Have. Next to Ascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I live in Staines, and then Ascot's about a 25-minute drive. You live in Staines? Yeah. Did you not know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. So I remember Ali G in the house being filmed at the end of my road, like walking to school and seeing Sash Brown Cohen and all his gear. In fact, and, I sometimes wow. watch that film and look at how Staines once was. So much of it has changed since then. When yeah. you saw Sasha Baron Cohen in Staines, did you think, I'll oh, get out before you? <laughs> and now you watch him on TV and think, ah, oh, they picked the wrong guy. Yeah. Yeah, here I am. We don't want to put down our <laughs> guest too much. He's doing, he's doing very well. He's in a radio play with... Sebastian bloody D'Souza, you know? Yeah. He's killing it. He's in a radio yeah. play that fired Tom Hammond. <laughs> yeah. A coup from within. It really was a coup from within. It was, yeah. Because I was like, oh, you know, I could, I could be in it again. And then I was like, nah, it's oh, fine. Listen, I'm, I was a fan of you. Don't worry, Tom. Oh, thanks, mate. Not enough to stick up for you at the team meeting, but... No, 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 no. <laughs> Internally. No, no, well, yeah, it's fine. I can make my own version of Recital on this Zoom. We can make it now. Yeah. Yeah, Recital is... Well, it's out on all reputable audio platforms now. Where uh, is it going now, actually? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going up on Anchor, so it'll be like, like this is. So... Yeah. Slowly, I'm taking over Anchor with my content. Will, when can we next see you? There is absolutely nothing, sadly. I did a radio play with Toby Jones the other week, but that'll go out in a week or two. Did you? Yeah. I mean, should we ask what it's about, or will that... <laughs> it's, it's called... It's a book called Grief is the Thing with Feathers. Oh, you know yeah, I, mean? I know. Yeah, yeah, I know that book. It's like the book at bedtime thing. But other than that, I have no work for the foreseeable future. But you can just come down the week, Sheep, and we can go you know, <laughs> reenact White House down around Virginia Water Lake. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? What happens in yeah. Grief is the thing with feathers. Um, it was like a 100-page short story by Max Porter about, like, a family and the mother dies, and then this, like, crow comes to visit them. And it's kind of like this cathartic, half-imaginary crow. But it's great. It's a nice story. If if my mum died and a crow came, <laughs> yeah. I think I'd be I'd be somewhat ambivalent. Yeah, uh, uh, and the crow comes and lives at your house, so you've got to like make room for it. So yeah, it's, it's oh, right. We we weren't operating a one in one out policy. That's mm. a significant downgrade, isn't it? Like your mum, and then just <laughs> a crow. <laughs> yeah, the crow can talk though. Well, so could my mum. <laughs> She also had the propensity to love. Yeah. We're not I'm, into I'm this very deal, excited. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot stress this enough. It's a talking crow. <laughs> Are you playing the talking crow? No, I play the boy. <laughs> Is it a talking crow in the Dumbo style? A sort of incredibly racist... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, luckily it's kind of 
racist uh, crows based on the Beatles. That's the vultures in the Jungle Book, you idiot. Are the crows not also based on the Beatles? No, Dumbo came out in like 1940. <laughs> <laughs> they have to be incredibly prescient. Like the people at Disney being like, we're going to mock all future Skipple bands just in case. <laughs> well, we'll tell you the thanks very much for being <laughs> Thank here. You. Um, we, you know. Listening to recital, and then you'll have any fucking clue what it's about. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. It's been Review This Mother, guest edition. Guest edition. Number one, I suppose. Even though there have been others, but we haven't called it this. No, we haven't. And we probably won't again. This is the, this is <laughs> the only ever guest edition with, I mean, the only ever guest you need. Review this, mother. Um, yeah, this isn't very funny, is it? Should we start again? <laughs>